Hey everybody, welcome back to RBL Weekly, the show where we usually look at the top five battles from the week in the Global Roast Battle League. I am the RBL Commissioner, my name is Pat Barker, joined as always by my amazing co-host Sarah Keller. Uh, we're going to be doing something a little bit different today. Yeah, I never know what to do during these intros. You're killing it, you're doing so good. Um, <laughs> Sarah and I might seem a little punch drunk today uh, because we have been... Working a lot uh, in a bizarre twist. We both got hired by the same television show. Uh, so Sarah and I have been working on a new show on uh, Prime Video, not Amazon Prime. Nope. They made that very clear. Uh, Prime Video called the NFL Pylon. Check that out every Wednesday night. But we are still, of course, going to do RBL Weekly. We couldn't miss this. No. Um, but it, it has resulted in some scheduling things, some different things we've had to change. Uh, and frankly, this week, the idea of me sitting down and sifting through battles from seven different cities was too much. Couldn't do it. Uh, so we're taking a break from our normal format. Uh, we'll be back to it next week. All seven cities have had amazing events. Uh, I've seen some highlights, some clips from Chicago, from Tokyo, from London, from Austin. Everybody's been killing it. They've been doing their jobs. I just, we can't handle ours. No. This week. Are Tokyo and London back now? Tokyo and London are officially back. Tokyo Woo! had, uh, they sent me a clip from, uh, from one of their battles where they explained the historical significance of how difficult it is to do a Nagasaki joke in Tokyo. Oh. And it was pulled off successfully, so that's like a big deal over there. So very exciting. The footage looks great. Um, London is officially back. They had a great run at Edinburgh, and they are now back running regular league shows. Outstanding stuff from all over the globe. We just don't have enough time to sift through it this week. So we are going to take essentially uh, a, a week off, um, but we're not going to deprive anybody of any content. We're going to be looking at the, uh, the battles from... The Netflix is a Joke Festival. We had a mega card here in L.A. Um, a few months ago for Netflix is a Joke. So we're going to be watching those battles today. Yeah. Hands down, probably like one of the best cards. Oh, my God. In roast battle history. L.A. roast battle history. Completely agree. Just a, a really like a magical night. It, it had like 2016, 2017 vibes, uh, you know, which was uh, a lot of people would say the, the golden years of roast. I still think the best is yet to come. I agree. But I'm also partial to those years because we were we were new. It was fresh. It was exciting. Um, so it was nice. It was like a class reunion almost. A lot of battlers we haven't seen in a while came back for one night only to do these battles. It was very cool. Next week, we will be returning to our normal format. And as a little preview, before we get into that, uh, I wanted to look at the standings to this point in the Roast Battle League. Now, this is something we haven't talked about on the podcast, but on my Instagram, at RBLCommish, I have been posting every week the updated uh, standings. Uh, so, Sam, if you could pull those up. And the way the way we're doing it, just for full disclosure, uh, every city who has the, the number one battle of the week, you get five points for the number one battle of the week, four points for number two, three for number three, so on and so forth. So after nine weeks of airing the best battles from around the globe, this is where we're at with the, uh, the standings. As you can see there, Los Angeles, we are on top. We just had our first number one battle uh, a couple weeks ago, but we are on top of the rankings due to overall points. Uh, with 24, New York hanging tough at second place with uh, 20 points. Chicago is in third with 19. And then we actually have a tie for the number four spot between London and Austin with 17. Uh, Sarah, I'm going to put you on the spot. Uh, when the season ends, the first official RBL season, when it ends at the end of 2022, what city do you think is going to be on top here? Ooh. I, I mean, my gut is LA, but I feel like a douchebag saying that. Uh, but I feel like it's going to be L.A. I mean, come on. I hope it's going to be L.A. <laughs> we've, been, we've been working really hard, but uh, 
New York is hot on our tail. They have two great shows. They've been doing their thing over there. Chicago, of course, we've we've talked at length about how great Chicago has been doing. And, uh, you know, never count anybody out of the race with uh, London and Tokyo back running at full capacity. The Bay Area, as we're recording this, just had two events over the last two days. I've heard nothing but great things. So uh, it's going to be a really fun race. But today... We're going to stick strictly in L.A. And no, none of these battles count towards the point totals. We're not using this as an excuse to give ourselves <laughs> 15 points and, and rack them up and get out to a big lead. This is away from the normal format. Uh, and we're going to look at the uh, the Netflix is a joke festival. And the first battle we're looking at. It is Pat Barker versus Ashley Johnson. It's my first time on the show as a as a battler. It, I, I think it is. I'm excited. Yeah, uh, I'm excited. Um, this is a this was a fun battle. Um, uh, Ashley is a monster. Uh, he is going to be, uh, both physically and metaphorically in every possible <laughs> way. The guy is a monster. He's going to be participating in our sunset showdown, Ooh. uh, name still pending. We're working on that, but that is going to be happening in November and December as he attempts to earn, uh, a guaranteed title shot in against 2023 me. against perhaps Sarah Keller, uh, news coming out this week. Also, you're going to be battling Omid. We'll talk about that in a little bit when we get to Omid's battle on here. That's um, but Ashley is fantastic, and I had a great time with this battle. And uh, yeah, I feel weird talking about myself. So let's, let's just watch some bearded white dudes. Let's watch it. Yes. Stop. Stop. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Woo. That music is way too white for this. I'm sorry, too black for this stage. This, this stage is too white for that song. Anyway, uh, Pat Barker battling your doppelganger here. Why are you doing this? Uh, he's just so fucking cool. He's just the coolest fucking guy. I don't know if you saw this, uh, but a couple weeks ago, he had an Instagram post. It was a picture of a bunch of kettlebells, and the caption said, Everybody want to be a beast until it's time to do some beast shit. I did say that. I did. And I was like, damn, this motherfucker rules. I got to hang out with this guy. So I'm just, I'm excited to be with somebody so cool. He picked up all those kettlebells, bro. You believe that? <laughs> oh, what a beast. What you been up to? Some beast shit? I should have known. Guys, Ashley recently had a COVID scare, but this beast didn't go to the hospital. Nah, he only uses the ER when he's pronouncing the N-word. Pat thinks he's better than me because he only yells the N-word at athletes. So that's fine. I paid for my ticket. They have to deal with it. Those are the rules. That's how it works. By the way, tell me the truth. You really pick up all those kettlebells? Yeah. Fuck yeah, dude. Beast mode, bro. Ashley told me his father was a priest, but he never molested Ashley. It's like everybody want to be a priest until it's time to do some priest shit. <laughs> Pat recently lost 70 pounds. He just looks like that now because he's smuggling bags of Mexican sour cream under his shirt. That joke was so bad, Netflix stock price just dropped another 30%. Spe Speaking of which, this is actually a big night for Ashley. This is his first time working with Netflix since Making a Murderer ended. Seriously, you, you look like a serial rapist who kept one pubic hair from each of his victims and glued them to his face. That was 
was uh, Pat was born in Philly, or at least that's what he tells his wife before he pours melted cheese and onions all over her pussy. <laughs> Uh, used to be a traveling musician. He played the guitar and he knew all the chords. It prepared him for his current life of living in a van and fingering a minor. All of Pat's clothes are very oversized. It's like he's a doomsday prepper for obesity. Thank you, Stone Cold Steve Auschwitz. Uh, Ashley actually lost 80 pounds over quarantine. He got really into CrossFit. And by that, I mean lighting crosses on fire and fitting them on a black guy's front lawn. <laughs> Sorry, it's a good workout. <laughs> Pat looks like the new Riddler if he just wanted you to guess how many hot dogs he can fit in his belly button. <laughs> Wow. That one guy's pretty fucking good at this, huh? That was so good. <laughs> that was so good. It's it's very rare to see Ashley uh get beaten handedly. Mm -hmm. And that is what happened in this case. Uh I also have to say because you've brought up how you're like I'm not a likable person on stage. But you managed to find a way to make yourself be the more likable one against Ashley with that intro that was a compliment, but not a compliment. Like, you negged him. I did. I did. And it's very rare that we include the intro on this show. I just, um, my style is maybe not the most conducive for what roast battle has become over the last couple of months with us posting clips, uh, you know, a, a lot more frequently and, and doing essentially a clip show here. I like to piece together an entire, you know, project from start to end, which includes a lot of times the intro. Um, and it wasn't my intention to be more likable, but I'm, I'm glad it came off that way. It definitely did. And uh, I think what you kind of touched on is like Pat is very unique in his roast styling that his jokes are a lot longer. They take you on a, a full journey. In my opinion, he's like one of the first people that that really stepped out of that original format of set up punch. That's the joke. And then your, your joke number two is a totally different thing like. Like, Pat does his roast battles almost in the style of, like, a Comedy Central roast where it's, you're doing a monologue and you're painting a story about this person. And sometimes it epically fails for you. Yes. Uh, sometimes the audience is like, too many words, we hate it. Uh, but in this case, Ashley's short. I wouldn't short, say they hate it. No, it was, a, I was just, <laughs> sorry, I. You know, you know no, how I'm, I'm in, fucking around, but you're you're absolutely you're absolutely right. It is a risk for sure. And even in this one, uh, when I was attempting to set it up in the uh, the intro, um, at the exact and you never know when this is going to happen. Coach T, our DJ, who is a genius, uh, he he had a really funny bit based on the riff. Somebody yelled out that music because he brought me up to DMX, and somebody said that music is way too black for this battle. And then he had like the Who. <laughs> Which was going, and it was like, I'm trying to set up my performance, but at the same time, Coach is low-key getting laughs underneath with, like, a musical reference, and it's one of those things, it's like, do I shut up? Do I let him get his, his joke off before I go into mine? And, like, my intro kind of fell flat, and I was like, oh, fuck, is this, like, how the whole battle is going to be? Because I didn't set it up properly, but, I mean, fortunately, it all, it all worked out, but... There have definitely been times where I attempt like a running theme and it does not connect for sure. It's a risk. Yeah. And I think 
first of all, you know how in business they teach you like to say like compliment, criticism, compliment. Well, in roast battle, it's criticism, compliment, criticism. So I was just I was padding the compliment with criticism. The so roast that, battle sandwich. Yeah, Thank people you. didn't yes. think I was being too nice. I know. I appreciate um, it. But I think in this case, like. Ashley's very short like traditional style jokes left us wanting more it, mm-hmm. it was they, they almost felt incomplete um, which is not always the, the case I think um, but in this in this one it was yeah I mean it, it worked out well for me I, I chose Ashley personally because he is one of my favorites like I I'm sure you're the same way like I only want to battle people who I am inspired by yeah I will be inspired to really step up my game and write because I respect their joke writing so much Uh, I almost look at it more like a a, like a music like a collaboration yes like if you're picking who you want featured on your album you only want people who are going to cause you to step up and be like I want to have this person on my project because it's going to make it you know that much better um, and it's going to inspire me to write you know better shit so um, I love Ashley. Uh, we went up first. I think it was, uh, you know, that we were still kind of getting the crowd into it. Um, and I felt pretty good about the battle. But the cool thing about this night is by the end of the night, I feel like we probably had the weakest overall battle. I got off stage and I was like, oh, it was like a solid seven or eight. And, uh, and the rest of the night was just so good um, that it, it, it blew this out of the water. I, I, will, I will agree, but I don't think it is any reflection on you guys you went first and oh completely completely um and and you know ashley said something afterwards about he, he didn't feel like his his mic was working properly it seemed to be working in that video but in the room you, i mean yeah you, you, you never, never know. know um but he, you know he's a monster it was an honor to uh to get in the ring with him and to battle him and uh yeah i think he's gonna he's gonna fuck some people up in this tournament we have coming uh later this year definitely for sure so that was uh that was the first battle that we took a look at today uh as i mentioned it would quickly be surpassed by this next battle which um was one of my all-time favorites and probably a battle of the year contender featuring a regular on the show we've seen her uh both as a battler and a host uh once Paige wesley going up against uh the legend uh, the, the, the the woman, lady, the, the myth, myth, the legend. Exactly. We were same wavelength. Kim Congdon, one of the all-time greats of roast battle. She stepped back into the ring against Paige. Let's check it out. Kim fucked so many athletes, they retired her phone number. <laughs> listen, listen. I'm going to start off real quick by saying, Paige, I've watched a bunch of your battles to get ready for this tonight. I saw what people were saying. Everybody comes up here, right? And they just say make a fun- bunch of fat jokes. Yes? See? An elephant never forgets. Kim is actually part Native American, so she's just jealous that I'm using all parts of the buffalo. (laughs) Paige has a podcast about cults, which makes sense. She would drink the Kool-Aid. I'm serious. She looks like every time she comes, she breaks through a wall and goes, Oh, yeah! (laughs) Thank you, whore loco. Let's go! Kim dropped out of the University of Florida, but in her defense, she was a first-round draft pick for getting rammed. (laughs) 
Paige Wesley is so fat. How fat is she? If she watches Netflix for too long, it says, are you still eating? Well, they have to check in uh, just for safety. Kim is half Puerto Rican, half Native American, so her tribal name is Fights with Bartenders. because they're the only part of her that works out. Gotta get those reps in, you know? I stay in the fridge three times a week, two hours a day. No days off. Kim's favorite sex position is staff writer. Till she was 25, which proves that she's racist. into one more joke. This is a joke up, everybody. Paige, you went first last time. Kim, you're first. It's a joke up. Let's go. which makes sense because I spit out good material and she swallows it. Gotta keep my blood sugar up. Uh, Honestly, Kim is amazing. She has fought some of the best roast battlers there is. She's written on TV shows. She's been on TV herself. And it's easy after tonight to see how she made all of that happen by waiting on her knees in front of a Home Depot. Isn't that how they all get work? <laughs> oh, in this economy. All right. God damn. They're so good. So good. I mean, there's certain people. Like, what What more can you say about Paige? That's going to become a challenge on this show, given how frequently she battles and how many good things we've already said about her. I feel like I've run out of ways to break down. It's like if you're a football analyst and, and your job is like, explain why Tom Brady is good. It's like, hasn't this been covered? Yeah. Like, you know, um, uh, I, I don't I don't even know what to say. She's just so good. She's so likable. The angles she takes are incredible. Um, the, the writing is on point. The likability. It's just, it's total package. I, I couldn't agree more. And I will say that the two people that scare me the most are Kim and Paige. Terrifying. Like, I, I would accept a challenge from them because I like challenging myself but also I would immediately regret it and be like what are you doing hopefully you get sick that night or something (laughs) and two very different paths to get to Netflix Kim has been battling since day one 2013 we had our first roast battle at the comedy store she was battling I believe in 2013 if not shortly thereafter 2014 She did everything you could do in L.A. She was the number one ranked battler. She moved to New York 
for work and or love. I don't really remember at this point. A little bit of both. A little bit of both. Uh, she continued to battle at their big show out there, Roastmasters. She was the best battler at Roastmasters. She moves back to L.A., nothing to prove as a battler. She shows up, turns herself into maybe the most consistent and best judge that we have. Every time she judges, she murders. Then we say, hey, Jordan, you want to come out of retirement and do the Netflix festival? No problem. No ring rust whatsoever. She gets right back in there after having not done it for a couple of years absolutely knocks it out of the park against somebody who's been getting a lot of reps in. Paige has been doing this regularly over the last couple of years. She's turned into, she was a little bit later to the game, she's turned into a monster. But Kim, to just take all that time off from roast battling and then come back and and it's like, didn't even miss a beat. It's just really impressive to me. Yeah, and they're both, they're both so inflappable on stage. Like they both, like everything just rolls off of them and they take like all the jokes and embody them and then are like yeah and then own it you know like Kim's like yeah I am a slut and that's fine and Paige is like and I am fat and that's fine Mm -hmm. and it was such an interesting dynamic to have two people where they both don't let the jokes hit them you know yeah, I mean, Kim brings a new level of cool. She's fucking chewing gum up She's there. She's so, yeah. And I, that was the most Puerto Rican thing I've ever seen her do on stage, was chew gum through a roast bite. That was like Rosie Perez and White Men Can't Jump vibes. That was impressive. It's so funny you say that, because I noticed the same thing, and I would be like, if it was anyone else, I would have been really upset, and it would have been the first thing out of my mouth is, get the fucking gum out of your mouth. Sure. But with P- Kim, it because you, you she doesn't chew it when she's speaking. Yeah. And yeah, so it, it just adds to her fucking. I didn't even notice in the room that she was doing. Me neither. <laughs> it's like Razor Ramon with the toothpick. You yeah. know what I mean? I, I, it's just uh, it just adds to her sort of mystique. But like all the jokes were on point. They were great, well crafted jokes that that strayed from the normal setup punchline thing. From the elephant never forgets. Yes. which was a great opener to both of their closing jokes in regulation. I don't know how we're going to edit this, but this one actually went to overtime before Kim won. And the closing jokes in regulation, Kim's favorite position is staff writer. So good. Incredible. Um, little inside took a moment for the room, but then it, it crushed. And then you want to talk about taking a minute for the room, the closing joke about she lost her virginity when she was 25, which proves that she's racist. Oh, uh. What she did there was give us a, an unfinished jigsaw puzzle. Yes. Like 80 pieces. Yeah. I was like, I don't know, you guys fucking put it together. And when we did, it took a minute, but then it was like, oh my uh, God, what a great joke. It was so good. Yeah. I mean, every single joke was perfect. Yep. Yep. I hope that Kim does more. Um, I, I wish, she's very busy. She's got a lot of stuff going on. She's killing it. But um, as a fan of the sport, I'm like, man, I I, we got to get her in the ring more. Because she also, she makes it look so easy where I'm like, you don't need it. You don't, like, this is no time for you. You yeah. can, we can tell you at five o'clock and you'll be ready. Like, She truly. definitely has, and I mean this in the most positive way possible. She has that vibe like, oh, I just wrote these jokes in the car on the yes. way over. Like, yes. Effortless. Yeah. That's why I'm like, it's hard for me to be like, ah, it's not a work for you because she makes it look so easy. Yeah. Yeah, 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 but clearly she takes it very seriously. Yes. Outstanding battle. One of my favorites of the year. Um, frankly, out of everything I've seen this year, Paige might have the top two battles. That and the Morgan Anderson one we watched. Um, a couple weeks ago. Yeah, a couple weeks ago. Both at the top of the charts for me. Okay, now we are going to move on uh, to another really talented battler. Uh, Sarah Keller. Is this your first appearance on here as a battler as well? Yeah. Fantastic. Yes. Um, and it was a good one. We actually uh, we flew in your opponent. Uh, a former, he took LA by storm in like 2018, 2019. He moved out here 
and uh, just started crushing it at Roast Battle with a, a great character. Now he is back living on the East Coast. Uh, we had him on here a couple weeks ago battling up in New York. I'm talking, of course, about Lou Miziano, our good friend. Uh, it was so nice to have him back in town for the Netflix festival. And uh, you guys had a hell of a fight. Yeah, this was, Lou was like my number one choice when it was, who, who do you want to battle for Netflix? Because, like you were saying, when he came on the scene, he instantly became like one of my favorites to watch because he's so he's such a character and you you hate him but you love him at the same time and I was like if this is going to be for Netflix I want I want a spectacle and I want it to be just a a big a whole thing and I want it with somebody that I genuinely love like Lou's one of my closest friends and I just want to have fun and I don't care what happens on stage and I picked Lou because you never know what he's going to do no Certainly not. Uh, and it was fun. You wanted to just have fun. This battle was a ton of fun. It kept the momentum going that night. Uh, let's check out the next battle. Sarah Keller versus Lou Miziano. Uh, this man is, he's our version of The Bachelor. Make it loud for Lou Miziano. She grew up a hillbilly. She grew up racist. But worst of all, she grew up a horse girl, and they need to be stopped. I did. I... It goes horse girls, fat models, and like Putin is way down here. Sarah used to dress up like the Little Mermaid, which makes sense. She's beautiful from the waist up and smells like fish from the waist down. And you'll never get any tail. <laughs> Lou's actually a great listener. Except to the word no. He's like Chris Angel if his specialty was making rape allegations disappear. Really putting the cunt in country. Uh... Proudly. Sarah moved to Hollywood to be a famous actress, but the only trailer she's ever been in is the one her uncle molested her in. It was my camp counselor, not my family. Uh, you know, just a fun fact. <laughs> Lou is actually going to make his Netflix debut soon on season two of Tinder Swindler. I've been on Tinder a lot. I don't, I don't really want to talk about my STDs. They're a sore subject. Sarah wishes she had herpes so she could finally have a breakout performance. Funny motherfucker. 
You smile like this is someone's 401k you just squandered. God. Lou, you look like you jack off to videos of people tearing down community centers. Sarah is so racist, she bleaches her hair because she hates anyone with brown roots. And you look like a magician whose magic word is the N-word. like a marketing exec about to pitch Body Shame Barbie. He's, Body Shame Barbie. He's like James Bond if instead of shaking he took his martinis through butt chugging. Fuck that shit, Sarah. That's what, that, that's, that's what I mean when I say I want it up. All right. Yeah, I know you guys are dumb. You'll catch up. In conclusion... Sarah's legs are like her comedy career. All they're good for is opening for people that are better than she is. It's funny because you look like you exclusively date women that say Pischetti. That's a funny motherfucker. Yeah. Oh man, uh, just so much fun, and I gotta. A- I'm gonna ask you because you were in the whirlwind of the Lumisiano tornado. Um, yes. Which we'll we'll talk about in a second. But when we saw him a few weeks ago, when he battled in New York, he came into the battle with his uh, you know shenanigans, his extracurricular stuff, and the crowd was not on board from the word go. Like, yeah. So he had to just do the jokes and drop all that other shit, which is a shame. Because the jokes are good, but the other shit is... Is the best. It's the best. Yeah. It's the best. That money gun... It's... I mean... It was... I mean, it was... It was incredible. It ended up winning him the battle. Yeah. I mean, really. I... So, I want to ask you, because you're in the middle of that, and certainly you're prepared, to a degree. You're like, he's gonna... He's gonna do some crazy shit. He's the only one other than Dave Chappelle who's ever been allowed to smoke on a comedy store stage. I don't know how that happened. He just did it. Yeah. Uh, Ask forgiveness, not permission, I guess. But you know he's going to do some stuff. The money gun was sort of next level. How do you go in preparing for that? And how did it affect you kind of in the moment when it was happening? That's a really good question. Uh, I prepared in that. I was like, I'm going to write jokes about how big of a douche he is. Because I know he's going to play into that. And I was like, I don't know. uh, Beyond that, I don't know what he's going to do. So I just got to be loose and ready to have fun with my friend. And I like the money gun. I was like, oh, fuck, dude. I lost. Uh, like, uh, but it was so good. I was like, oh, I should have had a money gun, but that's not me. You know? The only way to stop a, a bad guy with a money gun is a good guy with a money gun. Exactly. <laughs> also, I'm definitely like my new tagline for everything is going to be. I put the cunt in country. Like that's pretty good. That was just a compliment. Yeah. I can't believe that wasn't your thing already. Uh, I can't believe I didn't think of it. Yeah. Trademark that immediately. Um, because that's 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 great. Um, I mean, just such a fun bat. And we've talked so many times about sort of likability on the show, and it's like a constant battle to like make the show like you. The thing I love about Lou is that he he takes the the roundabout way to get there. Where yes. he's like, what is, what are things that are so unlikable that eventually it'll circle back to me being, you know, tongue in cheek. Yes. Yeah. 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 And like 
to me, there's there's an element of, and this might be a stretch, but I was at the show years ago where where Bill Burr became famous because he got booed by the Philly crowd. And then he turned on the Philly crowd. And everybody's seen the clip now. 15 minutes of him just, like, cursing out the crowd. And by the end, we gave him a standing ovation, right? And it's the same kind of deal where it's like, if I don't... If I go out there and prove that I don't give a fuck about how this crowd feels, somehow that's going to be endearing by the end. And it works with the exception of New York, where they were just straight up like, nope... Uh, every because time in LA, it, it always worked. I think because in New York, nobody gives a shit about anybody or anything. But in LA, everyone cares about what other people are thinking. Mm-hmm. So like when you see somebody who who doesn't, you're like, it's like seeing a, a panda in the wild. You're like, what? That's not, how do you do that? You know, yeah, like where sure. in New York, it's like, yeah, fucking fuck everybody, you know? Right. Uh, so it's not, it's not a novelty. Right. They see Lou Mizianos on the subway every day right, uh, yeah. on their way to work. And yeah. they're just like, I'm over it. I'm, I'm sick of this. There's so many money guns on the subway. Uh, what, what were your, what were your takeaways from the battle? Is there anything? Because I mean, look, we could sit here and praise the joke writing all day. It's going to get redundant because we have six of these battles this week and it was a, a really high bar that night. But what, what were your thoughts on the battle? Well, I mean, we know my jokes were better written. Uh, of course. <laughs> uh, I, I'm so mad now watching this back that I missed the the his last joke, which which fell very flat. I thought, um, but both of our last jokes kind of did after the money gun. Um, but his joke about uh, you know she only opens her legs for people, funny whatever it was. We've heard that joke before, and I missed the opportunity to be like, Lou, you've opened for me before. Oh like, my god! Like I've brought Lou on the road, and I'm like, fuck, that would have been that would have been perfect. Uh, but I missed it, so it's it's interesting to like I never go back and watch battles, uh, probably because I'm like, oh, I missed that opportunity. I missed that opportunity, you know. And like, it's not like stand up where you can go back and fix it the ne- next night. Right. It's like, nope, that's a one off, and that's gone forever. One and done. Yeah. Um, or who knows? Maybe not. Maybe someday there will be a, a Sarah Keller Lou Miziano rematch. I'd be up for it. Um, I, I thought that that was just a. I had a fucking great time watching that battle, and I'm glad this is my first time watching any of the Netflix stuff since we did it. And I remember in in that night feeling like it was great. But number one, I'm on the emotional high of like I went up first, and I I felt like I did pretty well. Number two, I'm I'm also just uh, the first thing I did after my battle was uh, run down to the bar and get like a. Like a like a shot of whiskey and a double like a PBR tall boy. So I started getting a little bit uh you know as the night went on things got a little bit funnier to me. It's good to see that they hold up while I'm completely sober. Yeah, yeah. That's the that post that post battle drink that you have to have. Okay, so that was uh, the the third battle. We're halfway home, and I'm gonna make I'm gonna call an audible on this one because normally what we do is we we edit the battles down to 90 seconds, um, just the best 90 seconds. Well. These battles have been so good, and I know they only get better as we go. I don't want to edit a whole lot. I want people to be able to see the entirety of these things. So what I'm going to do is, I think we should call it. I think we should call it for the day. We're halfway home, and let's record this in two parts. And and let's not make people wait an extra week for the second part. I want to drop these back-to-back. Maybe day after next day, we're going to have to check with a, our, our editing team and see if that's possible. But whatever we can do, um, these battles deserve to be seen as close to, as full uh, as possible in their entirety. So that's the game plan. That's what we're going to do. We are going to call it a day, and we'll be back with the rest of the battles very, very soon. Maybe tomorrow we'll check with our editing team, see what's possible, what's not. But until we see you again, I'm Pat Barker. I'm Sarah Keller. And uh, this has been RBL Weekly. We'll see you guys real soon. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.